well, good. Okay, I'm really excited um, about this word. I got this word back in June and it's been growing and growing and I was saying to Sean and the guys at work that I actually feel really pregnant with this word now and I just got to drop it. So, um, <laughs> and I'm very grateful, Ben, for this opportunity to um, bring it. And I hope it encourages you all and, um, and gives you the faith to believe in big things ahead for you in your life. So the title of my sermon tonight is Jump Out of the Box. So I've had to jump out of quite a few boxes in the last few months. Um, I had a dead-end job. I was struggling with anxiety. I was struggling with rejection. And God just... Um, uh, really asked me to just look at myself, look at my life, because I wasn't completely living the life that he had for me. And so what he wanted me to do was to change. I needed to align myself with God's word and I needed to be open to what the Holy Spirit was saying to me, rather than hiding away in my little boxes, being unproductive and not growing in God. So Mark Hart, a Christian speaker and author, says, authentic Christianity is a roller coaster ride. It's not a merry-go-round. So I was on that merry-go-round, going round and round for a long time, and it's very limiting and very boring. So, um, and there's an aspect of it being a little bit immature too. So I needed a revelation to get off that merry-go-round and onto the roller coaster. And as you know, when you're on a roller coaster, you're seeing new things, things you've never seen before. It's often unpredictable and a bit scary. But a spiritual roller coaster, Jesus is right there next to you. He never leaves your side. He's with you on your journey. So um, Edie uh, was speaking about change at Set Free a couple of weeks ago. And she said, in order to change, you need a pivotal moment or a defining moment one that makes you realise you, you need to shift. So I'll tell you about my defining moment that happened a few months ago and it shifted me into a whole new journey we've got. So uh, Andrew and I were away on holidays and just out of the blue something happened and we received notice that God had blessed us in a huge way. Um, it was in the area of our finances and at the time we were just so surprised and overwhelmed. It was like, oh, what, you know, how come this has happened? But God spoke to me really clearly and said, don't be surprised by my gifts. I am able to do abundantly more than you can ask, think or imagine. And that's what God's saying to you too, guys. Um, he is going to do something, something exciting um, it's more than you can ask, think or imagine. It's not just in the areas of your finances. I really feel like God is going to do something soon and he's going to um, just bless us and not to be surprised because he's amazing. Uh, so the next day I was walking down the street and there were people everywhere and in my mind God gave me a picture of these crates on people's heads. So my papa used to be an orchardist and he used to have those timber crates that you put apricots and apples in. It was one of those ones, so it had the little gap in it. But I could see people everywhere wearing these crates. So they could see a little bit, but it was awkward. And these crates were um, stopping people from seeing clearly. 
and it was changing their perception. And God was saying to me, so many people have a very limited idea of who I am and what I can do. I want to smash those mindsets. I am the great I am. I want my people to remove the things that restrict them and see me for who I am. I am able to exceed their expectations. So there's a sense of urgency and God wants us to believe this now, that he can exceed our expectations. So it's time, guys. Uh, Ephesians 3.20, it says, God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask, think or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So that's what he wants us all to know today. He wants to re, us to re-evaluate uh, re our mindsets, not to limit him. And I needed to acknowledge the boxes that I was in and step out of them. So I did, and now I've stepped into a new role as a support worker at Set Free Care. I feel like I'm doing what God made me to do, and I'm just loving it. But first I had to get out of the box. I had to say yes. Um, God wants us to keep growing in him, to get stronger every day. He wants us to be authentic and real, living out his plan for us. He's saying to all of us, jump out of your boxes. Do not let limitations stop you from fulfilling who God meant you to be. So there's three points I want to talk about today. The first one is identifying your limiting thoughts about God then identifying your limiting thoughts about yourself, and then three, discovering the life outside the box. So I just, just need to pray just for a sec. Lord Jesus, I just pray, Lord, that you will speak through me, Father God, and I just pray also, Holy Spirit, that you'll prompt anyone here if there's something that you would like to say to them, Lord, something specific. Father God, I just, um, we give you permission, Lord Jesus. And Lord, overall, Father, we just pray that you will be glorified, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so firstly, identify your limiting thoughts about God. So we don't only have boxes over our minds limiting God, but sometimes we actually put God in the box and we put the lid down and we let him out occasionally and, um, and then sometimes we close the box and think, oh, I'm on my own time now, I can do what I want. But God cannot fit in a box. He's way too awesome. So going back to my story, God was saying that first and foremost, people try to limit him. Uh, they have a limited opinion of him and his power. And the reason why it's so important um, to identify these thoughts about God is because our thoughts about him have an effect on our attitude and behaviour. So when we lose sight of how great God is, it limits our prayers, it limits our worship and our faith, and we risk becoming unbelieving believers. So Jesus was not willing to be confined to any boxes. Uh, the Nazarenes in Jesus' hometown, you might remember the story, um, he was, uh, Jesus was in his hometown and he was doing miracles and he was, had amazing wisdom and they were offended. They just thought he was a good Nazarene boy and um, they didn't like what he was doing. He was too big for their box. So as a result of their attitude and unbelief, Jesus could not perform any miracles in his own hometown. Uh, the Jewish rabbis also wanted to put him in a box. That was the box of conformity. 
They were hoping he would just be a respectable teacher of the law. But Jesus, in his very first sermon, he got up and read Isaiah 61, and he declared that scripture was being fulfilled in their midst right there and then. So in other words, he was saying that he was the person that Isaiah was prophesying about. He was the one who was going to bring reform. And they didn't like that one bit. And Jesus definitely didn't fit in his box either. And as a result of their unbelief um, and offence, they missed out on his teaching. They missed out on his miracles. They missed out on the freedom that was available in Christ. You know, and they missed out on salvation. You know, they didn't, they're still doing all their laws to try and gain salvation. That wasn't necessary anymore once Jesus came along. And they're still waiting for the Messiah to come 2,000 years later. So Jesus didn't conform to men's limitations. And as a result, he changed the world. Now, Jesus was amazing. He demonstrated equity. He offered unconditional love and grace. He challenged old mindsets. He gave people fresh revelation and a new identity. He changed lives by performing amazing miracles. He advocated for social justice. He fulfilled every part of Isaiah's prophecy. Isaiah 61, he, he, did, he fulfilled the whole lot. He preached the gospel. He healed the brokenhearted. He delivered the captives. He recovered the sight of the blind and he liberated the broken. This is our God. This is the same one that's with us today. He's radical, he's awesome, he's powerful, but we often forget and we try and put him in a little box. So I was looking on the internet about the, uh, looking um, for the names of God and I found some names here. I'll just read some out. Uh, God, this says, God is who he says he is. He is patient in Psalm 86.15. He is just. He is gracious. He is powerful, Romans 1.20. He is merciful. He is all-knowing, Psalm 147.5. He is sovereign. If anyone would like any of these names of God, um, just to help them, just remember just how amazing he is. I've got some copies. You can put them in your study or on the back of your toilet door or something like that, just to remind you. It's, it's good to be reminded. God has no equal, and yet he wants to be present in our lives, actively working through us. So it's really important to believe all the things that he says he is. Um, I believe there's a lot of disillusionment in the church today because we haven't seen the power of God flowing uh, for a long time, and we've been praying for a revival and a move of God, and it's just, it hasn't come but I have seen one before, and I just want to um, tell you about what happened back in the 1970s, and I know I'm admitting how old I am, but um, it was when the charismatic movement came into Australia. So it was an amazing time. Um, before that, there was hardly anyone who was baptised in the Holy Spirit, hardly anyone. We went to Little Baptist Church. Our pastor didn't even believe half the Bible. He didn't believe God was powerful at all. And... Um, and, yeah, it was, anyway, then God changed it. It was amazing. I wish you were all there because I can never doubt the power of God ever again. So I don't want to glorify any particular person because we all know it's God who's responsible for miracles. But this was a time I witnessed when ordinary people were able to do extraordinary things in the name and authority of Jesus. 
Not only that, the story illustrates how amazing God is and it was a time of transition where God was asking people to get out of their boxes, get out of the box of religion, get out of the box of uh, respectability. And, and he totally, uh, he did an awesome work back then. So Clark Taylor was a Queensland farmer who enjoyed fighting and swearing. He wasn't very educated, but thankfully he was saved at a Billy Graham crusade in the 1950s. And God blessed him with a healing gift and a word of knowledge gift. So I was about 10 when Clark came to town and my mum had just come, uh, just been baptised in the Holy Spirit, so she went along because she was suffering these terrible migraines and she wanted, to, um, she wanted healing. So on that very first night, she asked for healing and micro, uh, the uh, migraines went completely. So the next night, she took a workmate. She used to work at a school and she took a teacher along. As soon as Miriam walked in the door, Clark said, come up the front. He said, do you have breast cancer, which she did and healed instantly. Came back the next night and she was saved. So then they brought three other teachers. They walked in, each one was healed and saved. And then the following night, one of them brought their daughter who had a brain tumour, uh, went up the front, healed like that instantly, and she gave her life to Christ too. Um, around this time, my mum was, um, had been praying for my cousin and my cousin was 12, and she was in a wheelchair with juvenile arthritis. I was a couple of years younger than um, Carolyn. So mum fasted and prayed, and um, then went up the front of um, a meeting and asked Clark to pray for Carolyn. Carolyn was 350 kilometres away. We were down in Hobart, Carolyn was up in Wynyard. And she tells me she was sitting on the toilet at the time <laughs> and she didn't know my mum was praying for her. But Carolyn had to be lifted onto the toilet. She couldn't walk. This uh, arthritis caused a lot of pain in her body, made it very difficult to walk. She's sitting on the toilet and then at the very time that Clark prayed for her, the arthritis left her body completely and she never needed that wheelchair again. And there she's right over there, so you can talk to her. <laughs> And then God just did amazing, oh, oh, so many more healings. So with God's help, Clark planted 170,000 churches. Thousands and thousands of people were healed and received salvation. Just because a man from the bush, a very ordinary man, believed that God is who he says he is. Mm. He wasn't perfect, but God is perfect. So God can use very imperfect people like you and I. So I strongly believe God wants us to have more than just a head knowledge of, of him. He wants us to believe who he says he is. He wants to exceed our expectations. So my second point is identify your limiting thoughts about yourself. So two things here. Firstly, we've got to identify any inaccurate thoughts or boxes. And the second thing is we need to believe what God says about us. So firstly, the incorrect labels and incorrect mindsets that we have over us. Like Jesus, we should not conform to any inaccurate labels that other people have placed on us. We need to listen to what God says about us. Our identity or opinion of ourselves is very important. 
I've got something here that Dr. Caroline Leaf, a neuroscientist, says. She says, thoughts are real things. When we think on something, we build it into the structure of our brain. Our thought is a physical entity. It changes the environment of our brain and body. When we choose to allow a thought to grow inside our brains, feeding it with attention and time, it will affect the cells in our brain and body, impacting our future thoughts, words and actions. So as we give attention to our thoughts, they grow. And this is why it's so important to have those positive thoughts, because um, we don't want to have all their negative thoughts growing. So I want to encourage you today to build a strong, healthy forest up there in regards to how you see yourself and your abilities and whether you believe that God can work for you. So I just want to give it, I just pause a little bit. I want you to maybe think about if there's anything that is limiting you, holding you back. Do you need to smash any incorrect mindsets concerning yourself and your abilities? And you know, sometimes we purposely create the box. We hide behind walls because we're fearful. We don't want to get hurt. We don't want to face disappointment. We don't want to face reality, so we hide away. So my boxes were anxiety and rejection, and I still struggle with those. I still have to work on them daily. But my mum, who's a Christian counsellor, said to me, God wouldn't say, don't be anxious for anything if it was impossible for you to do that. Our God is a fair, loving God, and he wouldn't write instructions for us in his word if it was impossible. So I had to stop making excuses and believe that I either believe God's word or I don't. So now when I feel anxiety um, in the morning, I ask God, God, give me your peace. And I just wait until I sense his peace flooding over me. And if it goes during the day, I do it again. Lord, I need another download of your peace. <sighs> okay, so God wants us to believe who he says we are. So I've got another one of these. This says, you are who God says you are. So you are a child of God in Romans 8.17. You are treasured in Deuteronomy 14.2. You are not alone, Matthew 28, 20. You are important, 1 Peter 2, 9. You are created for a purpose, Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, guys, if you can't identify with these words, I, um, can I encourage you to find someone you trust to pray over you and um, just ask God to remove any negative thoughts about yourself, any labels people have put on you and ask God to show you your new identity, show you who he thinks you are because that is, that is reality. Okay, your life outside the box. 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So it's very freeing once you've uh, jumped out of the box. Um, of course, we always need to continue learning our whole life, but he can still use us along the way. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
which God prepared beforehand so that we could walk in them. So I believe once we're out of the box, we've got our, our lives sorted out. We've got, we know who God is, what he can do. We know who we are in Christ. We're ready to do his work. So um, uh, it's true we're not, um, it's true we're saved by grace, not by works. Ephesians 2.8 says that, but God still has work for us to do. So I looked up the word workmanship. I've got something to show you here. And so workmanship means a product or fabric, something that is made. And it comes from the word poyeo, which means to band together or lighten the ship. So in other words, we're a bit like um, a fabric. This is something I made when my Lauren was little. Um, it's a creation, a work of art, an expression of the gifts he has given us. And when we band together, we lighten the load. So we are, like, we are like little squares. We each have potential. Uh, we're each unique. But if we hide away in isolation in the, in the material cupboard, our, our, um, our potential is limited. But when we reach out and attach ourselves to other pieces of pad, uh, fabric, we gain strength collectively and we become a product that God can use. So he needs us all with our unique giftings to complete the whole quilt. And if, you know, if you're not there, there's going to be a big gap. So you know, he, God needs everybody. I used to think that I wouldn't be useful until I had it completely together. But God is using me now in my workplace. He's working through me. I'm still imperfect, but God uses me anyway. So um, our community on the Gold Coast, we, we have some people who come in, they have the saddest, most tragic lives. You know what, guys, and um, God, Jesus needs us. We, we have his unconditional love in us. And Jesus needs us to reach out to them. I knew I was going to get upset, Chad. <laughs> Jesus said in John 6.29, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. He needs us to believe in Jesus and who he says he is. He needs us to believe who we are and what we can accomplish with his help. He needs to believe we're part of his workmanship and we can change lives in our community. He needs us to believe in the whole word of God, not just half of it. We need to, to do that. We need to jump out of any boxes that are limiting us. So in closing this week, can I encourage you to just ask God to reveal to you any boxes over your minds, any obstacles that limit you from being in awe of him. I ask that he will reveal any incorrect thinking preventing you from being the person he wants you to be. Ask him to reveal any reluctance to step out and fulfil your destiny in him. And then we'll all be free to fulfill that plan that he has for our lives. Um, I just want to pray Ephesians 3.16 over everybody. And 
if God wants you to work on this this week, I just can I encourage you just to read it until you really, you know, your faith really builds up and you can understand just just how amazing God is and just how He can exceed exceed our expectations. He's able to do way more than we can ask, think, or imagine. And I really feel like we're on the verge of something and, you know, he wants us to get sorted out so we can, you know, jump on and and do his work. So uh, just close your eyes and I'll just pray. Thank you, Lord. (sighs) Thank you, Lord, that you're here with us right now. And thank you, Lord, that you want the best for us. Thank you, Lord, for your unlimited resources. Thank you, Lord, that you strengthen us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray that more and more that you will be at home in our hearts, Lord God, as we trust in you to change us. And Lord, I just pray you'll take away any limiting thoughts, any restrictions that we have about you or we have about us, any incorrect labels, Lord. I just pray you will move them, Lord God, and we'll see you for you who you truly are, Lord. And thank you for your amazing love. It's so great, so wonderful. We'll never truly understand it, Lord God. But we thank you for it. And thank you that your mighty power at work within us will exceed our wildest dreams and hopes, Father God. And Lord, we pray that you'll be glorified, Lord, as we walk with you day by day. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.